0: We were young, we didn't know really how to manage money. Dave was at the New Shipyard at the time and he wanted to progress. So he went into the apprentice school, they changed his classification and we got the cut in income. We didn't make enough. Then I find out I'm pregnant. There was too much month at the end of the money. It it led to us getting evicted from our rental home and we ended up buying a very old, nasty trailer. There were mushrooms growing inside the trailer. The fridge was full of maggots. It was disgusting.
1: Welcome friends. You're listening to The Hook with Sarah Larson, a podcast that's curious about disruption and how it affects our personal lives, our careers, and the people around us. I'm your host, Sarah Larson, a business coach and serial entrepreneur, but also someone who truly enjoys deep conversations. Before we get into the episode, I want to quickly share something with you. Since January of this year, I've been doing a weekly planning session with a good friend. We haven't missed a single week, despite travel and life's disruptions, because we've discovered how much it helps us get things done. Even if I don't follow my plan every single day, I at least know what I have coming up. It's helped me so much, I decided to host a planning session so others can reap the same benefits. You're invited to join me for a weekly plan with me on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. I'm calling it Breakfast Blend because I love coffee, but it's a come-as-you-are Zoom session. So bring your drink of choice. Come-as-you-are, no makeup required, PJs and bedhead are welcome. We start by celebrating our wins for the previous week. We have a little bit of quiet time where we put ourselves on mute to do some planning and then come back together to talk about what we have coming up. Come join me Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern. Oh, did I mention it's free? And just in case you're one of those people that thinks they don't have any wins to celebrate, I'm going to show you how to find them. So come anyway. I send out the Zoom details every Sunday morning by email. So look for the sign-up link in the show notes. This episode features Lori Morrow. She talked about the financial struggles she and her husband faced and how they overcame them. From evictions to bankruptcy, they have truly faced it all. But through faith and perseverance, Lori was able to build a successful career in the mortgage industry. She also shared about the importance of forgiveness and selflessness in a successful marriage. And did you know that the number seven is significant in many ways from Jewish law to bankruptcy laws? I learned so much from this conversation, and I know you will too. Whether you're curious about starting a business, just beginning your journey as a business owner, or are a veteran entrepreneur, this podcast is an opportunity to learn from the experiences of my guests. I hope you'll find as much inspiration from them as I have. Let's begin. Welcome, friends, to The Hook with Sarah Larson. I am your host, Sarah Larson, and I'm really excited about today's guest, Lori Morrow with m M&M Mortgage Team is here to talk about her, her story and her mortgage company. So Lori, would you like to tell us specifically
0: what it is that you do? Sure, absolutely. m um, and M&M Mortgage Team is a brokerage, so we are not a lender, we are not a credit union, and we're not affiliated with a bank. Uh, we do wholesale lending where we shop the banks for you and find the right mortgage to fit your needs. Great.
1: Well, I will dig into that a little bit more later on, specifically, you know, your experience there. But let's go back a little bit. Tell us a little about where you grew up and what your childhood was like.
0: Well, I grew up in Newport News, Virginia. I have two sisters, two younger sisters. I'm the oldest. Um, I had the benefit of pretty much living in the same home my entire life. Uh, we moved there when I was four and or five and never left. My parents actually still live in that home. So it's been nice not having to move around. But then again, it did kind of put a sense of wonderlust in me, wondering what's out there. So after we got married, I did move, you know, to different places to kind of see what it was like in different places. Oh, nice. And as a result, I still like to travel. Yeah. Um,
1: where did you... Did you go to college immediately after high school? Was that No. What was your your path?
0: Kind of. Uh, When I was a little girl, I used to love to line my stuffed animals up on my bed and teach them when I was (laughs) doing my homework. So I thought, I'm going to be a teacher. I really want to be a teacher. And I did go through and was accepted at a couple of different schools. One of the schools that I kind of decided on was Eastern Mennonite College in Harrisonburg. But that's because a couple of my friends were going there. The problem was I met my husband like a few months before I was supposed to finish high school. And that kind of changed my whole trajectory. Really? So when I graduated, instead of going to college with my friends like I had intended, I went to a school called Key Business College which no longer exists. It was basically a um, maybe a precursor to some of these um, Oh, help me out here like a technical Uh these schools where you can get accelerated degrees oh. in short periods of time okay. and that kind of thing okay. so I ended up taking accounting because I was always good at math mm-hmm. and I got an accounting certificate from there and then went to work for a company called Gigi Wilkins which again doesn't exist anymore <laughs> it was a tool company and I was an accountant for them then I left immediately after that and You know, I did some things with credit unions and then I got involved in mortgage and it's just been that way ever since. Wow. Mm -hmm.
1: I knew you had been in mortgage for a long time, so Mm -hmm. I had a feeling that it was an early start. Very early. Uh, So, you met your husband. I did. And how long after that, in that path, did you guys get married? A
0: year. Wow. That's awesome. I know. It was crazy. So I met him in France, where you want to tr- like a travel? <laughs>
1: oh, I know this story. <laughs> no, I met him in
0: France at Bush Gardens. Yeah. Um, I sold hats and he was a sweeper. So we uh, we hit it off almost right away and we ki- it kind of scared us because we knew it was something serious, both of us did. And we avoided each other for about two weeks because it scared us. Like, uh uh-oh, I think this is it, you know? And it felt like I was too young. Mm -hmm. And my parents were saying, yeah, you're too young. So Dave is a year younger than I am. Okay. Even though he lied at Bush Gardens and said he was the same age as me. Even had a class ring that said 1986. And he didn't graduate until 87. Yes so that truth came out much later i know it's terrible (laughs) but um, his parents were moving from newport news to williamsburg and he only had a month left of school and he had an old car and he was debating on how he was going to be able to get back and forth from williamsburg to newport news to denby high school which is where he went to school i went to minchville he went to denby Mm -hmm. anyway so we talked about it. We'd been dating for a year. I was already out of school and working at the credit union at this point. And he said, well, my mom was like, you're not living together unless you're married. Cause I grew up in a very strict Christian household and it was like, no, you know, <laughs> you guys are not doing it. So we said, well, we could get married. And at the time he was only 17 and I had just turned 19. And he was going to be turning 18 in three months. And I said, all right, well, if we do, then, you know, we're going to need your mom to sign the certificate because you're not 18 yet. Yeah. So we went and talked to his mom and she agreed. And we got married uh, on May fifteenth, 1987. And we've been married ever since. That's incredible. What... Well, maybe I'm skipping ahead, but what are the secrets
1: of being married for that long? (laughs) You know, I'm on my third marriage, so
0: (laughs) So you can tell the first two didn't work out real well. (laughs) It's not about, I mean, you've got to be able to understand that they're not perfect and you're not perfect. And everyone's going to make mistakes and there's going to be some things that come up. You know, when you live with somebody, you learn idiosyncrasies and things about them that you didn't know before. And you have to understand and be forgiving of those things. And it's, you know, it it has not been perfect. We went through the seven year itch, and, you know, that was rough. And where you start really rethinking your life did you do the right thing? Did you Mm -hmm. not do the right thing? And, you know, a lot of people, when they do that, they give in to their thoughts and then they walk away from the relationship thinking that they made a mistake but i think the biggest piece of it is is you've got to be selfless if you start to look at the relationship from a selfish perspective you're gonna find enough fault Mm -hmm. to walk away yeah and if you really truly love the person and it's something that there was a reason you married them in the first place you know and and as long as that reason was true and good and you know it's the path that you were supposed to follow it's just giving grace when you make mistakes for each other yeah. you know it's a two-way street yeah. but it's not easy no 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 marriage is not
1: easy Mm-mm. and Mm-mm. I will say just what I have discovered because this is definitely the right marriage for me and it's um, you know no, no marriage is e- simple easy right that's right but uh, we just speak the same language Mm -hmm. and uh, you know if you're looking at the love languages I think we're pretty similar and Mm -hmm. you know in that realm we work together well we you know so it's it's a good one whereas in the past I had two husbands that wanted to change me Mm -hmm. despite thinking that I had married them Uh, you know I had laid all my cards on the table and thought that Mm -hmm. we were going into this with eyes wide open yeah and so it was you know I feel I'm finally there. Maybe I'll get to year 39. <laughs> but if, I get that many, if I have that many years left in my, uh, yeah. in my life, then I hopefully we'll get there.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's not been easy, but, you know, there have been a couple of times that we almost walked away from each other for various different reasons. And, um, you know, we just got back to the to the core of the relationship. You know, what was it that attracted us to each other in the first place? And, yeah there it is yeah well
1: thank you for sharing that because not everybody has that experience or has put in you know the time or oh yeah yeah there were a couple of things
0: never hurts to share some some tips on how to do that I mean there were a couple of things that came up that you know would have been non negotiables for a lot of women yeah and probably for a lot of men Uh, but I mean the two the truth of it all is I guess it just comes down to when I make a promise, I stick to it. And Mm -hmm. I didn't, I mean, he's always, he's never beat me. Mm -hmm. There's never been any kind of violence towards each other. Uh, Maybe some verbal violence every now and again when we get aggravated with each other. But other than that, no, there's never really been any risk of harm to Mm -hmm. each other. It's been things that... You know, I mean, we've had issues with infidelity. Um, We've made it through that. We've had issues of um, midlife crisis. We've made it through that. We've had issues of dishonesty. We've made it through that. You know, but really, it's just a matter of living life with another human. And we all change as we Mm -hmm. age. And we got together so young. I mean, really, we went through the whole bit of maturing into adulthood, together right and it's just there's a there's a deep connection there as a result of walking down these paths we've gone through financial turmoil together we've gone through homelessness together we've gone you know there's been a lot of things that would split others up yeah and the fact that i'm able to be on the other side and still wearing the rings still together same guy Still in love with him. He's still in love with me. I hope, Dave, you better still be in love with me. Uh, But, no, I'm just kidding. I I think I can probably speak to that. (laughs) But it's, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of issues that we've walked through and, I think a lot of times too that the things, the experiences that we have are preparing us to be able to help others walk through those experiences. So I've always been a give it forward kind of person. Yeah, And I love being able to share and hopefully help someone else from going down the same paths that I had to go down because some of them were very, very painful. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Thank you for sharing that. well, let's go back to your, and you mentioned, you know, I like to look at life through the lens of disruption, and we have already heard of several of those. Oh, oh, yeah. And so, you know, obviously, those challenges in your marriage are some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, what about when it comes to career? We've already touched on it a little bit, but mm-hmm. you guys got married young. You switched from going away to college like you thought you were going to do. That's a... Pretty big change at that age mm-hmm. to, to do that and change your, your path in life. Right. How did that feel? Did you feel like there were any adjustments to your identity by suddenly being a married woman and doing this different path?
0: Well, yeah. I mean I, I never really was one to have a whole lot of friends. I mm-hmm. had a few very close friends. Okay. And then of course there was a group that would hang together because they'd have their friends and I'd have you know. But I went from having friends to not because they couldn't relate to me anymore. Yeah. And they all went away and I didn't, you know. So I tried to maintain that. But really all that did was draw me closer to Dave and him closer to me because he ran into the same dilemma, you yeah. know. It, it just Yeah, not many seniors are married. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he really couldn't bond with anyone, and the things that his buddies were doing wouldn't have been appropriate for a married man to do anyway. Right. Um, But, I mean, really a lot of that not experiencing that part of life did lead, I think, to some infidelity Mm -hmm. because it was uh, a curiosity of what was out there. We didn't get to experience that gap that a lot of people do between high school and marriage. There was no gap. Yeah. I mean it was we were walking down two aisles simultaneously you right. know the one to get your cap and gown and then the one to put the ring on your finger so that gap with it not being there it did create a lot of curiosity that right. I think took us down some led paths.
1: To desire to experiment later on <laughs> uh,
0: yeah and and it wasn't good yeah. you know on either part and and the wondering if we made the right choice you know, which happened as a result of a lot of turmoil. You know, yeah. we were young. We didn't know really how to manage money well. Um, we didn't either come from rich parents, but anything we needed was always there for us. Yeah. You know, we always had a roof over our head, food in the fridge, and clothes to wear everything. And then we'd get some wants, you know, but not a lot, but some. So we wanted to jump right into that and so we got head over heels in credit Mm -hmm. and we couldn't afford it and then there was dave wanting to progress he was at the shipyard newport new shipyard at the time and he wanted to progress so he went into the apprentice school but going into the apprentice school at the time required you to take a cut and pay because they changed your class so when they changed his classification and we got the cut and pay our income we didn't make enough then I find out I'm pregnant with our first child. And it was um, a difficult pregnancy for me health-wise. So it was difficult for me to work. And I went into part-time jobs and things of that nature, stepped away from mortgage for a little bit because I couldn't keep up with the stress or the rigmaroo of it. So with, I worked as a cashier at Food Lion. I sold Crystal at one of these little pop-up Christmas shops, you know, just doing that kind of thing to get through the pregnancy until I wasn't able to at all. She was born in March of 1990. And then it, it, there were just so many struggles. We, there was too much month at the end of the money. And <laughs> it, it led to us that. getting evicted from our rental home. And we ended up buying a very old, old, nasty trailer in Warwick Mobile Homes, um, and it was nasty trailer. There were mushrooms growing inside the trailer. Oh my gosh! Oh yes, the fridge was full of maggots. It was disgusting. And here we are with a brand new baby and trying to figure out how we're going to do this. Now, granted, we bought the home for a thousand dollars, so. You know, we thought that that would fix our situation, but it didn't because the stress that just came with being a new parent, being mm-hmm. in this nasty environment with this home. Now, over time, we did fix the home, yeah, but we ended up declaring bankruptcy, and it was just ugh. And I thought I'd never go back into mortgage, and all of this happened in a really a nine. Well, about a year period I guess mm-hmm. um, and then there was infidelity on my part and it it was it was a it was a forced situation um, I was actually um, raped by one of his friends um, and it was not a good situation, you know so there was a lot of down there but wow. yeah. You know through it all we made it back out of that hole and i received a phone call from a mortgage company which put me back into the mortgage world again and i stayed there until i found out i was pregnant with my son my second child now this was in 1996 so fast forward six years uh, but again history kind of repeated itself again in six really? years Uh, David's father died he fell into a depression he ended up laying out of work a lot and then he ended up losing his job at the shipyard we were renting a home again because we hadn't bought one yet but honestly at this point neither one of us was 30 you know so we um, again I stepped away from mortgage for a period of time because daycare for two kids was just way too expensive James was born in May of 1996. And when that happened, I drove a school bus. (laughs) That was actually kind of funny because I'm really short, people. I'm only five foot, okay? (laughs) Um, Wait, five foot and a half. I want my half. So you see this little person crawling up onto the school bus. And I ended up driving for Enterprise Academy in Newport News. Enterprise Academy is a school where people, uh, kids that can't, they got kicked out of the regular school system for behavior issues and things of that nature. So um, yeah, so I, I drove that bus and I had a whole bunch of middle school and high school kids on the Rebel bus. Rebel Oh my gosh, yes. And it was a long route. It ran the whole length of Newport News. So it was, it took almost an hour and a half to do the entire run. And so you've got some of these guys on the bus that long. And it, yeah. So I was doing that and delivering papers in the middle of the night for the Daily Press just to get enough money to keep things going, trying to keep us alive, you know. But then uh, Dave was helping with delivering the papers. He also started driving a school bus. Then he switched to a dump truck, and he's like, just trying to get out of this funk, you know. Mm -hmm. Because his dad died in May of 96 as well. Okay and for a young man to lose his father that early that was very 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 hard because he didn't have anybody that even though my dad was alive still is Mm -hmm. it wasn't his dad and it was just a really hard thing for him so we uh he went to a job fair in hampton and it was for tampa bay shipbuilding and he took the job at tampa bay shipbuilding but i was needing to finish out the school year here because a whole year had passed we were in may of 97 at this point and jc was a year old my son so tiffany was in school we wanted her to finish the school year and plus as a bus driver i wanted to finish the year out sense. yeah um he left in it was easter sunday he left so we uh i don't remember what when Easter was that year was either into March early April whatever so he's goes down there with a firebird which is what he had and he was sleeping in his car and in the parking lot of the shipyard and working during the day in Tampa Bay Florida Wow yeah that was not cool Um, but he did it for almost a month I was trying to hold the fort down at home I was really missing him and he was really missing me and this is before cell phones so there was not really a way that I could text him call him you know I had to wait for him to go to a payphone and call me and about four weeks in he said I can't do this anymore I can't and I said yeah but what do you have here what are your options and he really didn't have any so he said well I'm gonna come home and visit so he drove home Visited uh, with us for a weekend, and then he went back. But when he went back, all of his tools were gone. Everything was gone. They gave him his job back, but he had to start all over, acquiring stuff. Oh and my gosh! Yeah, it was it was pretty. It was kind of that was a rough period. Yeah. I mean, during that year, '97, uh, we did end up going down and lived in a hotel with the kids for almost a month and a half. I really didn't know what I was gonna do Um, I had a part-time job at the Disney store at Coliseum mall when it was here and I went to Disney there Uh, we were living in Lakeland which is between Orlando and Tampa on I-4 and we picked the middle because you know it's between the two and I never heard back from Disney and I'm going oh my gosh why can't I get a job with Disney I'm already working for them I don't understand so we pawned our wedding rings we pawned everything just to be able to feed the kids it was living in hotels is not fun but when you have two children young children it's really not fun Uh, we didn't have any help from the parents financially because neither one really could and i went downstairs i was avoiding the front desk it was like the last week for us and and i had no money left we had nothing else to pawn and I went down there. It was an Indian-run hotel, and I went down and wanted to talk to them, and I approached the desk. I remember I could hear my heart beating in my ears. Wow. I was so scared. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't know what our option was going to be, and all of our belongings was in a, uh, a truck in the parking lot that we had rented, and we were paying crazy money for this truck, and I walked up to the desk and the lady came to the desk, and she said, "Yes, um, Mrs. Morrow, how can I help you?" And I said, "Well, I said, "I know our rent is due for another week." I said, "But I don't have it. Is there anything I can do?" And she said, "No, you don't have any rent due this week. Somebody paid it for you." Still to what? this day, I do not know who that know. was. Wow. And then I get back up to, I I was shocked. I said, are you sure it was our room? And she said, oh, most definitely. And I said, well, who was it? She said, I don't know. And I said, okay. So I went back upstairs to the room and as soon as I get there, the phone rings and it was Disney World. And they called and they said, we have a very special job for you. We want you to be the voice of Walt Disney. And I said, what? we want you to work for vista united telecommunications and i said no way yeah way can you be at work tomorrow and i'm like i'll figure it out you know That's so great. we had the kids and i'm trying to figure out what i'm going to do with the kids you know how am i going to work this out well she said well maybe it won't be a big deal because you don't need to come to work until seven o'clock at night they will be home yeah that'll work yeah. so I went in, we did the voice lessons, I got to record some different messages, you know, thank you for calling Walt Disney World, the most amazing place on earth, you know, all this <laughs> stuff. And and what? and then you sit there and you answer the phones, you know, when people call Walt Disney World, the main number. Yeah. So it was really a telephone operator job to be quite honest with you, sure, but it was but still the it. way they pump it up and make it sound super but awesome. You're the voice of Disney. I know, exactly, <laughs> you're the first person people hear, you know, so you gotta have magic in your voice. You've gotta have a smile in your voice. Um, But I did do a lot of training while I was working there and I only did that job for about nine months and then HR called, casting, called and said, (laughs) they call it casting, they called and they said, all right, the job we really hired you for is open now. And I went, what, excuse me? And she says, yeah, you're going to Vista Credit Union. You're gonna be in the mortgage department. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I cannot get away from this. So I ended up doing mortgages, I was a closer for uh, Vista Federal Credit Union, and I did that job and uh, back in mortgage again, you know? So it, it was, we went from homelessness to owning three homes in a period of probably three years.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's incredible.
0: I know. Like
1: most small business owners, you've invested in one or probably many platforms to support your business, but maybe you aren't sure if they're doing what you want them to do, or you don't have the patience or the time to figure it out. You need to spend time doing what you do best, helping your current clients and attracting new ones. I can help! With my new program, The Audit, I'll take a look at your current processes and platforms, such as welcoming new subscribers to your email list. or onboarding new clients for coaching, courses, or memberships, automations that you can set and forget. I also perform audits on brick and mortar businesses from scheduling to order fulfillment to inventory. Let me save you time and money by reviewing your processes and platforms to find the most cost-effective and efficient way to automate processes that allow you to run your business without reinventing the wheel with every new product or offer. I'll provide a written report with recommendations for optimizing your current platforms and, if appropriate, offer options that would simplify the process or reduce your costs. And you'll have access to me for a month after the audit to ask questions during implementation. Click the link in the show notes to get started today. What would
0: you attribute
1: the fact that you made it through that period? I mean, is it just
0: continuing Oh, it got so low I remember being on my knees in the bathroom in the hotel just asking God to kill me I said I can't do this anymore just kill me I I can't you know but honestly God's grace my faith Mm -hmm. and my partnership my deep partnership with Dave honestly I feel like those three things in that order Mm-hmm. is what got me through it and it, it, it's what got me through every challenge in my life yeah. and every time I think I know what path I want to follow I'm constantly <laughs> reminded of the path that he has for me yeah. and if I get put right back on that track again you know it's like okay you veer off this way and then now I'm bringing you right back because this is where you're supposed to be um but i will say that all of the challenges that i have been through is what has helped me in my career because the empathy that i have for people life happens Mm -hmm. and i got to sample almost all of the big ones Mm -hmm. and when someone's sitting there talking about their credit but they need a home or they want a home or they want to save their home or you know, whatever the case may be, it does help me help them better because I know what yeah. it feels like. You know, getting a mortgage isn't easy. I mean, we did obviously get a mortgage for ourselves and my very first one I remember was a nightmare because I didn't go through the credit union because I couldn't. Our credit mm-hmm. scores weren't where they needed to be for the credit union to help me. Yeah. So we ended up going through a broker in Florida at the time. And I remember... Just how much he counseled us and worked with us and got us into that first house. And I even said to him, I said, I'm going to give this forward. Because if it weren't for you, this wouldn't have happened. It was an eye-opening experience for me. And really, every experience that I have ever had has been preparing me for where I am right now. I know it. Mm-hmm. Um, you had asked me about college. I did end up going back to college in my forties. <laughs> yes, it can be done. Women, you can go to school in your forties. Uh, it was difficult cause you're managing a household. Yeah. I had you teenagers at home more at the time. You than you do at,
1: at uh, yeah.
0: plus I'm working full time. Yeah. Um, but I did well. It took longer. Mm hmm and i ended up getting a master's degree it took me 8 years to get it because you know i'm doing it in part-time pieces but i've got a master's degree in pastoral counseling which if you look at my life and you look at what i'm doing now you know that just helps me help other people a little better yeah, yeah yeah
1: well buying a home or financing a home it is, you know, one of the most stressful oh, events yes. that you, that most people go through. Oh, yeah. And so for you to be able to help people through that, mm-hmm. I mean, not only your experiences, I know that that is a tremendous help mm-hmm. because you're not judging people.
0: Um, no, I know that. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's the heart. Yes. You know, it's, it's, yeah, I have a heart for it. Um, so whether the credit's great or not great, whether it's, you know, whatever the case may be, it's just getting someone into that next step of life because having that home that you own does provide a sense of um, security. Mm-hmm. You you don't feel like the landlord's going to kick you out on the 6th of the month because you didn't pay your rent. Right. And you don't live with that fear, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's more levity to the situation. You know, if you need to pay it late, just make sure you pay it during the first 30 days so you don't get a late on your credit, but worst case, you know, truly you can pay later than that and they're not going to be there to kick you out of the house. Yeah. You know, you've got a rule really much, much longer. So, and and to the mortgage companies don't want your house. They want to work no. with you to try to keep you in the house. So, a lot of times if you fall behind, it's not like a landlord that's going to be filing something at the courthouse you know at nine o'clock on on the sixth of the month it's not like that at all they want to try to help you stay in and they'll work with you yeah as long as you're willing to keep up your end of the bargain Mm -hmm. so yeah
1: well that's great for people yeah that's a good thing for people to hear just that it's mm. not the end of the world mm-hmm. and you know you have gone through bankruptcy i too have gone through bankruptcy mm-hmm. and when you're in, especially i was i had been in the mortgage industry for many years at that point and when you, that's also my background and when you hit that it, i mean you know that credit is so important right mm-hmm. and so that was devastating to me oh, yeah. to have to do that and i took a long time to get to that final mm-hmm. point of filing because i just knew that i just knew the shame the shame for me that Mm -hmm. came with it and you know nobody wants to admit that they (laughs) had had that issue or had made Mm -mm. such drastic wrong choices that Mm -mm. you end up there and i think it's um that's just another thing that people need to understand that you get through it yes you do and you'll recover from it faster than you think you will you will and it's really okay it's okay. And, it is okay. And you can become a, you know, you, you can do better the next time around. It is okay.
0: And I didn't have, I'm not going to say bankruptcy is great, bankruptcy not. But no. I am going to say that bankruptcy actually has some biblical backgrounds. Because in Israel, the Jews always have um, what's called the year of Jubilee. And the year of Jubilee is the seventh year. Uh, There's a lot of similarities if you learn or study about that to the bankruptcy laws, which is kind of interesting The seven-year thing already has yeah uh, seven years. So any debt that you owe The way it was understood in Jewish law was any debt that you owed Had to be paid within the first six years because the seventh year if you hadn't finished paying it your debts were forgiven with bankruptcy law Um, or the way the bankruptcies are written in and the way we look at it from a mortgage perspective Mm -hmm. is when it's on your credit, you know, after the bankruptcy has been on your credit report for seven years from the date of discharge, it used to be that it was eligible to be removed from your credit report so that it wasn't there anymore. Now, they've bumped that to 10 years, but... Unless it's a 13, that's a little different. There's a whole lot of weirdness. Yeah, there's differences. But there's still the similarity on that. With bankruptcy, too, is that you cannot file another bankruptcy, in most cases, for seven years. So it's like that seven just keeps repeating. And then if you go back, to to um, uh, the Old Testament, the number seven is the number of completion. Because Jesus took seven days, or God took seven days to make the earth. Right. And it was on the seventh year, the seventh day, that he rested. So that number seven is pretty awesome, you know, if you go down yeah. that. But that's just a little side no Little, note rabbit, hole little rabbit hole for us. Little rabbit hole. Number seven. That. Number seven. Yeah. Oh, so, and yeah, even on like these gambling machines, you know, the number seven, you yeah. know, it's like seven's, seven is a good seven's thing. Seven is a
1: good number. What advice? What other kinds of advice would you have for people when it comes to financing a home?
0: Be completely honest, brutally honest Mm -hmm. with your loan officer. Um, Give them more information than they need, especially if they're a broker um, like myself. Uh, Because if you are telling them the whole story, you're not going to get any surprises later. Yeah the problem comes in where the borrower tries to do my job for me Mm -hmm. and they say oh well they don't need to know about that yeah and then we get down the road we're a week from closing and poof it comes out somewhere whether it's title search or some of the background checks that are happening for the borrower and then we have to go down a hole and it delays closing and everybody gets upset and blah 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 The best thing is to just tell me everything up front and let me pick and choose what I need to work with and what I don't. Mm -hmm. That's really the biggest thing because the more you tell me, the better I can help you. Yeah,
1: well that makes a lot of sense. Um, You're the one who's putting it together to present to Mm -hmm. the underwriter and you have how many
0: years of experience in the mortgage industry? Oh my gosh, 1987 was when I got in (coughs) the first time. Yeah, so the year I got married. So I've been doing this since I was a teenager, people. Uh, And a lot of things have changed over the years because that's the other thing that a lot I'll hear borrowers say is they'll go, Well, the last time I bought a house, I'm like, Honey, this changes annually. You can't, unless you stay in the business, you are not going to be up to speed on all of the changes. So don't assume you know how to do it just because you've done it before. Unless you're doing it regularly, definitely rely on a professional. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I've been out for
1: 12-ish years or more.
0: Okay. That's an eternity. <laughs> and that's an
1: eternity. I mean, mm-hmm. I got out at, you know, not too long after the big uh, implosion mm-hmm. of 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, around 2012, I guess, is when I actually exited the industry. But... There were so many changes that happened during that time. And when I talk to friends that are still in the industry and I ask questions, I'm always stupefied. Yeah. <laughs>
0: by, it's like, you can, never, never and, oh, you can do that. have
1: never heard of that. I know. You can do so, that.
0: I know. And I learn every day. Every day I'm getting something new that I hadn't had before. We've got a new act going into play um, in... Um, may 1st which is going to change how loans are priced and it is going to reduce the pricing adjustments on people with lower credit but it's going to slightly increase the pricing adjustments for people with good credit so of course the people with good credit are going no oh. yeah oh yeah so people are going ah, how come i've got good credit and i've got to pay more but the people that have yucky credit have to pay less what the heck you know but it's the loan level price adjusters have been on pricing models with Fannie and Freddie forever Mm -hmm. and you just don't see it all you see is the final rate you know my rate is but you don't know how they arrived at your rate you do know that credit scores can impact the rate loan to value can impact the rate property type can property usage all those things can impact the rate but what it does is it takes the base rate and it adds these loan level price adjusters to it
1: and it's for things like what's what what are you borrowing the amount versus the value and that's
0: your loan to value that's yes exactly loan to value. So. trying not to throw out acronyms for people oh like yeah d- sorry are in the, um... it's my other language yes exactly um, uh, but yeah it, it's these all impact the rate and they always have and people have always heard that but they just didn't understand how that happened so the formula is everybody starts with the same base rate mm-hmm. and then there are tiered adjustments for those different categories credit score property type property usage you know value versus loan amount Mm -hmm. all that so they add or, or subtract right. different things, and then they come up with your final rate, which is why you can't really call somebody and go, what's your rate today? Because yes. rates are custom fit for each situation. Right. So you can call, but that may not be the rate you get. So it's kind of pointless to do a rate call. Yeah. Um, another reason you want a broker, because we do that for you, but the, the problem is uh, that they're changing the tiers. So, they haven't changed the tiers okay. in decades. Yeah. And so, they're going in and they're adjusting them. It's still the person with low credit is still going to pay more mm-hmm. for their home it's than the person with great credit. It's and it all just boils that down to risk. It is. It's all about the risk of the loan. Yeah. Um, so, don't think that and the news is making it seem like the person with good credit going to pay more than the person with bad credit. No, that is not true. Yeah. The end number is still going to be better mm-hmm. than it was, you know, for the person with the the higher risk. Sure. It's still going to be. It's just they're pl- they're painting a scary picture about it, so yeah. don't let that stop you, you know, yeah. from
1: moving forward. And just as a side note, um, you mentioned Fannie and Freddie earlier, and mm-hmm. for those that are not familiar with what Fannie and Freddie are, mm-hmm. could you give a brief sure explanation?
0: Yeah, uh, Fannie and Freddie are two of the major conglomerate houses where the mortgages are stored. So all mortgages, for the most part are going to unless they're privately held are going to be stored at Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Jenny Mae. Those are three main companies, warehouses, if you will, that are quasi-government agencies, but yet um, they do operate independently and the they store all of those mortgages. Um, that's why mortgages, in essence, drive the economy for the United States. So we really need to keep that healthy. And when yeah. it's not healthy, we notice it in every aspect of our economy. So interesting. Oh yeah, I could go on for hours just on that subject. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know it's such a it's such an interesting subject. Um, well, for some others may not oh yeah uh,
0: people if you don't do money your eyes glaze over yeah it's like come on talk about something else right right (laughs) um
1: let's see where can we dig in a little deeper um i think we really touched on just this idea of how you've you know powered through some real difficult times in your life Mm -hmm. and where do you see yourself going like what does the future look like for m M&M and mortgage team? Are you uh, Looking toward retirement anytime soon
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm. um, You know I have always Tried to control my life my mm-hmm. destiny if you will right um, But over time and I'm gonna be 55 next month over time just a babe Thank you. You're a young baby. Thank you. Um, Thank God for good hair color. That's right. But I've learned that our life isn't ours over the years. And when you make that realization that, I mean, you're allowed to make certain decisions. But as you can see with my life, every time I would make a decision (laughs) to go this way, circumstances would... Put me right back on the track again in the mortgage arena, you know, wow. and then I go this way and then right back on the track. So the your life gets difficult when you veer off the path that God has for you. Yeah. Your predetermined path. When you get off that path, that's when trouble happens. But when you're on that path and you're doing everything that you should, you know, you're you're following the correct path. Correct. There's a level of peace. Mm -hmm. There's a level of things just coming together the way they're supposed to. And the stress level is just... I mean, you've got stressors. Things are going to happen, you know. Yes. But it's not like these detours that I've had looking back. So getting to your question going forward is every morning that I get up, I just say, thank you, God, for this day. And... You know whatever path you have planned for me just light the light the way so that i know where i'm going Mm -hmm. because i i can't see through the fence yeah i can't see through what's coming well and i can make plans but more times than not the plans that i make end up getting detoured and i end up going down a different road anyway and it ends up being better than I could have possibly planned for myself. So I just I I keep it open and I move down the path. Mm-hmm. Am I gonna retire? If there's something that comes up, a situation that comes up, yeah, maybe. But the reason I started the company is because I want to be able to give my kids something. My yeah. kids are tomorrow's mm-hmm. investments, which is the legal name of my company. It's not me and Dave. Yeah. I want them to keep it going so they're both involved with the company now and and in different aspects and I want I want them to keep it going if they don't want it that's fine but right now both of them are interested in it and great so will i ever retire probably not not fully but will i pull back and maybe Mm -hmm. start doing something else yeah maybe but only god knows that plan we'll see what happens as the days unfold that's the exciting thing is like christmas you don't know what's in the box you know so every day something awesome could happen but you know i just thank god that he has walked with me every single day of my life and he's gotten because no matter what tragedy I had Mm -hmm. he was there he was there when I couldn't even go when I had to walk it alone he was there so I was never really alone so I give him full credit for everything that has happened I give him credit for the business Um, I, I, I try not to worry when numbers look scary you know, right now they're kind of scary. Uh, this year, the business has been really down. We haven't done as many loans as we need to do. And, you know, I, I but I. this morning I prayed and said, God, help. Mm-hmm. You know what I need. You know when I need it. And yeah. I know that it's going to happen. Right. So I'm not going to sit here and worry about having to give people pink slips and everything else. Because I know that if it's time for them to go, you're going to handle it i'm not going to have to do it if they're supposed to stay the business is going to be there to take care of their their paychecks yeah so that's that's kind of just i guess age mm-hmm. you know when i was younger I, I would stress more wisdom yeah i and would the, stress you know more. it'll all work out well it has worked out so many times in the past right. i mean look at the whole situation with the homeless thing yeah. in the hotel somebody paid it who paid it I don't know. Yeah, God impressed on someone that this was a need and it needed to happen, and he made it happen somehow Yeah, because it got paid. I didn't have to pay it. Was it the Indian family that owned the hotel? I don't know. Did somebody call it? I don't know. And then funny enough, Disney called that same day and solved a problem. But it was that right. morning that I was on my knees in front of the toilet begging to die. So I had hit my low point. And then here come the miracles, you know. So my life has been full of miracles and grace. And, you know, I'm just a living testimony to that. And I'm sure that there's going to be more. And I'm just going to keep walking this path and keep giving it forward and giving all the glory to God. Because it's not me. I didn't do it. I've walked the life. I've survived this life thus far. And... You know I've, I've got a lot to show for it and it's not me i didn't do i didn't do it <laughs> you know i had yeah. nothing to do with it other than it was my feet walking yeah. it but wow. i wasn't walking it alone that's beautiful thanks
1: okay where If anybody is interested and would love to have their mortgage done by M&M Mortgage Team, (laughs) um, what states are you licensed
0: in and where can people find you on the internet? Absolutely, so we are licensed in Virginia, North Carolina, Florida, Texas and Michigan. You can find us at m and or you can find us on Facebook yeah, I'll put all of that into the show notes. There people you can go. can
1: find you. You'll have notes. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much for being so open with your story. I think it's really going to help a lot
0: of people that hear it and know that they're not alone. Good. Yeah, because you're never alone. Yeah. You're never alone. And there's never something that's too tough for you to walk through. So, thank you awesome. so much. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks for having me.
1: You can find Lori on Facebook at M&M 757 or through her website, M&M dot com. You can find me on social media at I am Sarah Larson. That's Sarah with an H and Larson with an E. Links for both of us can be found in the show notes. The number one way that people find podcasts is through the recommendation of a friend. If you liked this episode, take a screenshot and send it to someone you think will enjoy it. Or share it on social media. A great way to say thank you is to leave a five-star review. My desire is that as many people as possible will be inspired by the stories shared here. Thank you, friends. See you next time.